Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with host Davin and Kyle. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to y'all with a new episode. And, you know, the season is coming closer and closer, even the preseason. I'm very excited for that. So let's get into it. Uh, let's get into some topics, um, especially the Jets. There's a situation with Crowder. He hasn't reported the camp. And not just that. It's kind of weird because they working on this contract. Um, right now, it's $10 million. No money guaranteed. Uh, should this be a concern for for uh, for Joe Douglas and for um, LaFleur and um, Salah? Um, I would say at this point, uh, just hearing what's coming out of camp it might not be such a big issue. Um, but as I said, there's seemed to be some really good uh, wide receiver see replay that's um that's happening out there that we'll probably get into later but as far as Crowder um himself I would say like I would definitely still want him on the team like he's definitely shown that uh he can be uh you know a productive receiver you know in the league he said he he came in as being one of the best uh, slot guys you know when he first joined the Jets but you know at this point you know, with that $10 million price tag that he has on him, like, I like I can't be totally upset, you know, if he does end up leaving because of that. Uh, I believe reports are saying that, you know, the Jets were looking to try and get that number down to maybe, like, the more, like, three to four million and, you know, possibly Whoa, get him, <laughs> yeah, possibly get him, you know, for, like, another you know, at least another maybe two years. But um as I said, he's you know say he's a veteran guy has been proven. Um I can see him wanting to, you know, hold his ground. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, there's definitely uh good competition in camp that's, you know, that can make it, you know, possibly easier for the Jets, you know, to to move him and maybe get even more draft capital, you know, and assets uh, for the, you know, for the upcoming drafts next year. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that you, you must've read my mind when, when I wrote my notes down, but yeah. Uh, Crowder's contract is very interesting. Um, 10 million, but none of it guaranteed. So right. a cut could be an option. Um, I think what will, what, um, what will be worked out in this contract is the matter of how many games will he play. It's not like he hasn't played the full season since he became a Jet. Um, also, I have read from a few websites, a few articles that the Vikings should try and get him. Now, if that mm -hmm. was to happen, because the Vikings do need um, a slot receiver or a number three wide receiver, um, what, what proud the trade value would be? You know, like if JG and him can work out a deal, that that would be awesome. But if not, maybe he'll hold down until some that something get done because to, to not lie to you, Kyle, to go from ten million to losing six to seven million is very low ballish. <laughs> right, but you, you gotta also remember, like that. As I said, if I'm saying that contract was the old regime, so that that's just you know pretty much probably most of them clearing house than anything else. Yeah, we forgot. I forgot. It, Mac Mac did make that contract, so 
Oof, it, 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 it could get critical. So I, I can I can understand from from that as well. You know, I, I would love for Crowder to just play, and you know, but at the same time, we got to be the crazy thing is, is that we got a, a whole lot of guys and, and they're not like, you know, BS guys. We got Corey Davis. We got Mims, um, Cole. <sighs> Elijah Moore, Berrios, we we got more than one wide receiver. So I feel like, so in this situation, it, it could be a hit or miss. It could be a hit or miss. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And when we figure out more information, we'll definitely let y'all know. But other than that, um, I know they doing the OTAs, but before we get into that, uh, there's, there's some, some injuries. Um, Becton, his foot, uh, Ashton Davis, the shoulder. I know Carl Lawson was kind of on the list, but he's been posting this workout with uh, coaches. Um, yeah. Does that bring does that bring any setback towards these players and their injuries? Um, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, since this is the OTAs, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, they're they you know they're out there doing their thing, but I would be. Uh, more concerned once the, you know, the mandatory is coming to play, you know, those guys that are injured can, you know, just really hunker down on, you know, some other stuff um, in terms of like, you know, playbook stuff. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock in, you know, into them, you know, missing the time. I know people might say it's a big deal because, you know, everything's new, you know what I mean? New coach, uh, new assistants and all this and lots of new players, but, um, at least right now, I don't think it's a big issue. You know, once we get more into, you know, the mandatory camps and mini camps and stuff like that, um, you know, going down the line, I would think definitely they would need to be, those guys would hopefully be healthy and back on board to, um, you know, just to get familiar with the system and build some sort of, you know, camaraderie and, you know, cohesion with, you know, the rest of the players. Right. Um, I I don't think there's any setbacks from them just yet, but I heard but but I heard from just a few a few people that 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 we know is that um maybe Beckton weight might play a part in it, but yeah. this is like a we'll see by next month when it's close to preseason time in my opinion, but Beckton is a, a good six seven three seventy four I think or three sixty seven it's one of the two but sixty mid three sixty yes so like could could the weight be be an issue for him and like is in, to him having foot injuries and so forth because I think it's kind of weird but may, maybe maybe that is maybe that could play a part um I I wouldn't put too much into it in terms of um as weight per se because um it's an injury that you know that happens in sports you know there's definitely right. like in the nba you know there's players that's you know 60 70 pounds 80 pounds 100 pounds lighter than becton that comes up with the same um same issues um i forgot what it's called planters something I forgot the name of the, the injury but it's right. a it's, it's something that that can um, ail, you know, uh, players that's you know much smaller than Beckton. So I wouldn't write out and say, "Oh, it's his weight." Oof, I mean, t- 
you know, we just hoping that he, he comes back in time and, you know, get that left side going with Vera Tucker. Um, I know, I know uh, Zuniga and Cameron Clark, they have been um, at OTAs and they've been practicing with the backups. So that's a good thing. Um, so I, I figured that, you know, we'll, we'll see in due time. I'm about to say June, June will be gone and then July will be here and then we'll be getting, getting a lot more information of what we have now. So it's, I think it's just something not too serious. So, so far, so far, <laughs> yeah. you know, leaving in prayers. Um, so, so now we can get into some OTAs. Um, is there any of the Jets players that's, that's not just impressing um, Solanco, but also also you. Um, so far, I would say the to me the biggest probably stand up right now is um, I said uh, what I'm hearing from you know reports about Elijah Moore. Like this guy is just you know totally explosive. You know they're talking about you know him pretty much every OTA. Like he's done something. You know, um, either you know making diving catches, scoring touchdowns, whatever. Like he's definitely been, you know, a name that's that's been out there. And um, something I heard recently, which is um, kind of interesting, I, I'm not mistaken, they're um, saying that uh, Keenan Cole right now is, if I'm not mistaken, ahead of Mims in terms of depth chart, which wow. is something interesting. Um, I can I can see it happening only because um, at this point you think about it, Mims, you know, came off a shaky rookie season due to injuries and stuff like that, and Cole being a more of a veteran guy. But I won't put too much into it because, like again, it's OTAs, and at this point, uh, in terms of depth charts, it really doesn't make a difference because you know, depending on the 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 game plan and system for, you know, the game that's going to be played during the season, you don't know, even though Cole might be ahead on the depth chart, you know, there might be situations that, you know, Mims is better suited for. So, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock into that right now. Well, to, well, to me, you know, Mims, he has to <laughs> basically Mims. He has to also learn that learn learn LaFour's offense because remind you last season Gay's complex offense then put that man in into too many situations for him to be you know for him to be a rookie and just to try and learn all of that in one season you know so yeah. so I think that I think that will play a part in that too so um, but it's good that. You know, because Cole was was a guy that people kind of scratched their head about a little bit, like a like a number four, number five receiver, if I recall. Yeah. So that if 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 he does good this season, then that's a still that's a still for us for him right. just having a one year deal, you know. But in, in other words, um, I've been hearing a lot about Isaiah Dunn. Um, yeah. I hear I've been hearing a lot about him and why they gave this un, um, undrafted uh, the money, <laughs> you know, and I, I hear I'm also hearing Michael Carter uh, second, Michael Carter two, yeah. <laughs> the defensive back. I'm hearing I'm hearing things about him. So, you know, that's good. That's good from a defensive back standpoint. Also, you know, 
Of course, we're hearing about Wilson. I mean, I know some fans is not liking it. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it like, oh, yeah. Oh, he, he, he going to be going to the Super Bowl and all this, all this hot stuff. <laughs> I hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, hopefully he'll be able to sh- sh- shut up the naysayers. No, no disrespect to you, pal, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so um, it's and also uh, the running back, Michael Carter, um, he's doing good as well. Um, I'm, I'm hearing so far that he's getting the first team snaps with uh, Coleman. And also Ty Johnson has been getting some snaps with the, um, the second team like as a, like a third down back. So they might be able to use all three in them, which is, which is actually impressive to me. Impressive to me. Yeah. As I said, I had saw something that, that pretty much was talking about the backfield that they have, you know, especially with Carter um, looking to be the, um, the front runner for the, for the starting position. But it was speaking on like pretty much all of them bring a different aspect, you know, to, you know, to the game, like where Carter, they see him more as an all-around guy with, and, you know, Coleman being the speed guy and um, uh, P. Ryan being the power guy and, you know, uh, Johnson being more of an explosive guy. So, like, I'm pretty sure with LaFleur looking at all their skill set is going to, you know, utilize what they see in each of those guys, you know, to try to bring out the best of them and, you know, be have them be as you know productive as possible right and i i did not hear nothing so far about um hurting i heard i heard some things about griffin um a couple of yeah. touchdown passes here and there but i didn't hear nothing from hurting did hurting uh report the otas um i i didn't hear anything about it you know i did see you know that they they had that one play with griffin um with the with that catch I think it was in the back of the end zone, which yeah, which was a it was a good it was no it wasn't an end zone I think it was on a sideline catch and it was it was looking at it as being like a really good concentration catch because you know my guy almost almost um came in with it um no Hassim uh, Nasruddin you know he he got his hands on it and I think he probably just misjudged the velocity because he got both hands on it. And kind of popped out of his hands, you know, last second. And um, Griffin was able to, like, set his feet and bounds. And, like, as he's falling out of bounds, he snatches it out the air and, you know, brings it in. It was like, it was a really good, you know, solid catch. But I said, also, I said, my guy almost had it. So <laughs> I was happy on uh, in both occasions, you know, just to see the, the rookie, you know, making, you know, plays like that. Right. I'm I'm about to say, I, I feel like, you know, so far so good for, for this team. Um it's a def, it's a definitely a different atmosphere. Um they haven't we haven't heard, you know, much on ESPN about the Jets and and you know, like I said, it's just a it's just a great feeling when you when you have, you know, a coach and you have, you know, an actual <laughs> an actual, you know, team that 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 actually wants to play and not being around the bush with it or doing doing crazy stuff so you know it's just a it's just a it's just a great feeling and you know shout out to all the guys that that made it to OCAs and you know we still got a lot of work to do so you know it's not it's not over yet so there you go um uh, let's get into let's get into some NFL let's let's get into the, the biggest news out of it all Julio Jones has gotten traded to the Titans 
Um, the Titans received Julio Jones and the 2023 six round pick, if I recall. And um, I think the I think the Falcons received the second round pick for next year's draft and a sixth rounder, no fourth rounder for 2023 draft. But also they both ended up both teams ended up created a cap space, especially the Falcons to sign a rookies. And I think Tannehill um Tannehill basically took took less money so so they can so they can make the deal possible for, for Julio Jones. Um who you think won the trade and why? Um I said outright probably right now. I'm I honestly I have it as a tie. The reason why I say it's as a tie Great. uh Atlanta got draft capital that, you know, that they can use to, you know, because like I said, they're probably just right there on the step of going to look to do a rebuild, you know, and then right. the fact that they, um, they have a, a, a guy in Calvin Ridley that was, uh, that played pretty well when um, Julio wasn't on the, you know, wasn't playing, you know, and then they, they add, uh, you know, the probably the biggest offensive weapon coming out of the draft in um in pits, you know, I don't see that the offense took too much of a drop off. You know what I mean? So they got draft capital, you know, and they drafted someone that can potentially, you know, be that big play guy like Julio was. So for Atlanta, I see it, you know, being a good thing. And then with the the Titans, I said for the draft picks that they gave up, you know, to get a veteran guy uh, like him, you know, like Julio and, you know, with them losing a uh, Davis, you know, it, you know, kind of fills that void. So now you have, you know, on one side, you got Brown, the other side, you got Julio Jones and, you know, you got Henry in the backfield. So those guys in terms of offense, you know, it's, it's, pretty set I would say you know Tannehill should be happy with the the, the outlets that he has uh, you know now it's just to see what that defense is going to be like for them um I, I agree to that 100 percent you know uh just like you said this is this could be a win-win for both teams um for the Falcons they was able to create cap space to sign all the rookies which needed to be done um right. And you know, and and other than that, for Matt Ryan, I think he still got a year or two left on, in this contract. So after this contract, they still will have to look for a quarterback anyway, whether it's trade or whether it's draft one. So basically, they they in a rebuild mode, and Matt Ryan should understand because he's what thirty six that he's not going to be on being that team that long. So I think, you know, off the blank is at the point he's like, you know, let's just start building now. So when when we actually when Ryan Tom do come come up, let's let's, you know, let's just get this quarterback and let's get things going. So right. so they can at least be a playoff team again. Um they still got they got Redley, they got Pitts. So the future could look bright for the team so far, you know? Yeah. Um, they do no, they do I would say they're doing it the opposite of, you know, of our former uh, GM where, you know, they got a 
quarterback first in, in, in Sam and then want to try and put pieces and stuff around them. You know, I think it's easier when if you have the talent, you know, already there and the last thing you need is, you know, a quarterback. Right. You know, it sounds sounds like the same, you know, for like Lamar Jackson, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, Herbert, uh, even even Mahomes, you know, like the guys, they already had the pieces. They just, you know, needed that, that quarterback. So, right. you know, um, now for the Titans, when when healthy, they 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 got a hell of a receiver, top, top three, potentially top receiver. Um, I guess he's coming from a thigh hamstring. But the numbers he could put up with AJ Brown on the other side could be a dangerous duo. You know, right. the, the defense is a little suspect. You know, maybe the O line a little bit as well. <laughs> but this team definitely have the potential to to at least be in the AFC Championship game. I'm not saying Super Bowl yet because of their defense, right. but it, championship game is is fair. Is is fair and you know like. You still have the Bills. You still have to go through the Bills. You will have to go through the Ravens, and you have to go through the Chiefs. So, right. so the AFC Championship game is is fair. <laughs> right. so, you know, um, I said from the outside looking in, or you know, I mean, or I should not. No, I shouldn't say that. I say more so look at it from from a paper standpoint. You know, teams are going to have to still play. You know, eight man boxes with Henry you know, back there. So now it's like, how do you rotate coverages when you got Brown on one side and Julio on the other? You know what I mean? So to me, like, that, that puts them in a great situation to be productive on, you know, from the offensive side. So like you said, it's just now, it's just the, what the defense is going to do. Right. And, you know, we saw, we saw it from that Ravens, that Ravens-Titans uh, playoff game where, you know, they they played great defense on, on Henry, but you saw after a while they shut down A.J. Brown. They needed that 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 other wide receiver. If Julio was there, I think the Titans would have won that game hands down. But um, but we we saw it, you know, when Henry yeah. shut down, like Tannehill has to throw the ball, <laughs> you know. And I know we laughed at it, but it's the truth. So it's so it so it was a must that 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 they have to get uh that they got in Julio. Yep. Yeah, but but since we on the topic, Jets fans, of course, have said that we have gotten more for Donald um, <laughs> than what the Titans have. Now, to me, before before I let you go, go on this, uh, Kyle, to me, the difference between the Donald trade and the Julio trade is that, yes, JD did get more, but with Donald's situation, the the situation is a is a to be continued story. Plus, we don't know what we're going to see until the season starts from Donald, so we don't know if we got a great trade package, or 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 we just got f f the round, and <laughs> Donald is like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what y'all get. And we're All not right. going to see that until until that whole season starts and ends, you know. And also the Titans had the had also the Titans had the best deal for what I heard. 
So teams might have been might have a couple of concerns about um, about Julio, maybe about his age, maybe about how he'll play um, since coming from that um, the injury. So we we don't we don't know. Yes, we got more, but at the same time, that Donald situation is a to be continued story until this whole season plays out. Yep. So that's that's it for that. That's it for that. And um we can move on to Aaron Rodgers. Again, uh Aaron Rodgers did is not he did not show up for mandatory um camp. Uh so basically he's getting charged ninety-three thousand per day, I guess, when he doesn't show up. Uh how how worse could it get for for, for the Rodgers situation at this point? Um, like I said, I don't know if it can get any worse to me. I think, you know, he, he dug his heels in and say, you know, it's pretty much has a stance that he's not looking to play. As far as the money's concerned, like Aaron's got money. You know what I mean? Like right. outside of outside of football, you know, his endorsements and stuff, the guy's making money. And, you know, similar to what I was talking about with um uh with the Sean when they was talking about him holding out and being fine, you know, the, the underlying thing about the, these fines is the fact that, yeah, they're fine, but they, these guys can, you know, utilize those fines because if I'm not mistaken, they can use them as tax write-offs at the end of the day. So as I said, the money and being fine and, you know, and all that, I don't think it's, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you're throwing a, a, you know, a pebble, you know, at a dinosaur right now with these fines. Like it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It makes sense because we have to follow the system, but to me, it's really not, it's not going to be effective in terms of um, having either change or, you know, you know, get under Roger's skin. I, I don't think like it matters to him at this point. It's like, he's done. You know what I mean? Like they showed him, you know, uh, like think about it. He, posted pictures on being on vacation while, you know, the guys were in OTAs. So like, if he's showing you like, look, this is what I'm doing when you guys are in OTAs, that shows that he doesn't care. Like he's done. <laughs> right. And then this, this, this is the sad situation. You know, Devontae Adams and teammates said they got his back. They got Rogers back, which is, you know, a good thing, but, you know, to be honest, I don't think Rogers will was going to show up. May it maybe if if something works out, he won't show up until July or close to the preseason, just to make his point across to the NFL and the owners that the players don't need OTAs or or, or camp. I know, I know, it's an organization issue, too, but I think. This has this this plays a part in it as well, you know. And I, and and you know, and I know Rogers is like, yeah, you know, this, you know, the organization and the GMs and even, maybe even the owners, who knows, you know. And they saying that it's dividing the Packers fans as well. But I think I think him not be, being at camp or OTAs, he feel like he doesn't need it. I mean, he showed it last season that he does. He doesn't need it, so why not? All right. 
though. It's just a weird situation. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> but hopefully it gets worked out for the Packers because they really need them. They can't go this season with Jordan Love or whoever. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to have some issues if, um, if Rodgers isn't behind center this year. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. And speaking of quarterbacks, I forgot to speak on it on on our on um the Jets topic that the Jets having problems with the backup quarterback situation as well. So I so so it has to be very important for the Jets to, to at least get a veteran by uh the veteran quarterback, right? Yeah, but I, like I said, I, I still think it's 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 too early. You know, like I, I know the guys right. might be struggling, but like to me, it's like it's way too early to you know hit the panic button on you know bringing somebody in, especially with how effective you know uh, Wilson you know Wilson has been. You know, like I think they reported on one one of his OTA days, he had like thirteen touchdowns and one interception. Like it's OTAs, but still, that shows that you know. The guy does have accuracy. He's making good throws. You know, you're hearing about it every day. So, like I said, the unlike with Sam, I think we're we're in a better situation with who we have as you know as our starter. So it doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, make it uh an emergency for us to find someone to, you know, to back up back up Wilson. You know, but I I know it wouldn't hurt. You know, I would say part of it might be stemming on the fact that they're still negotiating with uh, Crowder, you know, for his contract. Because if he does take, you know, a lesser deal and say maybe he does four and a half, you know what I mean? That other five and a half can very well bring in a veteran quarterback for a year. So. You know that that might be something that they're trying to deal with first. Without them having to spend anything that has to deal with any other cap money, that's that's very interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we'll 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 see about that soon. Um, let's move along to uh, Juwan James. Um, this now this is very interesting because. <laughs> Apparently he had an off-field injury. Long story short, long story short, he had an off off-field injury. The Broncos got the Broncos released him immediately. They had to get $10 million in cap space. They still would lose a little bit of money, but not too much. And and now he signed with the Ravens for two years, I think 3.5 million, but he can't start that contract because he's already out for the season, so he can't play until 2022 season. And he's going to court against the Broncos, but I think the contract says something about if he had any non-related football injury that he cannot receive the money. How, how is that going to play out? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it was that it was, it was non-football related. What ended up happening, I believe he was actually training but training off site so like he was in the gym you know trying to work out and he got injured at a gym that wasn't on the, you know the on their facility so that's where they mm. look at it as you know you know i guess a football outside an injury outside of football 
But right. as I said, to me, I think that, you know, if someone is taking the initiative to, you know, take the time out and, you know, train to, you know, to try and get better and, you know, to improve themselves for the, you know, the sake of the team and they get injured to, you know, to punish them. To me, I think it's, it's, it's an unjust punishment to come back and say, okay, well, you got hurt, you know, and now we're not going to pay you or we're going to cut you because of that. Like, I can understand if like the kid was drag racing or something like that and got hurt, you know, or, you know, you know, uh, jet skiing, but the guy was in the gym, you know, that's to me, I think that's something that you want from a guy to show that initiative to, to put in the work, you know, but I guess that's just how their operation, you know, that they wish to operate their organization. Right. Mm, you know, and you know, the Ravens, they love, they love them, them big offensive guys, you know, you know, and, and he could potentially be, be a still for them in 2022 you know because he's still young it's not like he's old like the guy has i think the guy only played what one or two seasons so far the lesson Um, i think is i think is no it couldn't have been that long ago no he's he's a he's um he's 29 he was drafted in 20 2014 okay okay so still but still, he might be able to do do something. So you know, we'll we'll we definitely will see. Like it's just like to me, um, maybe he can win some money. You know, hopefully he could. So yeah. so he'll be able to have something because that's just messed up if he loses and and he doesn't get nothing for the whole season. <laughs> right. You know, the sad situation on this one. Um, let's let's move right along to. Uh, the coaches. This is a very weird situation right here. Basically, from from Roger Goodell and the coaches, they basically said, basically said, listen, um, either y'all get vaccinated, or y'all work from office and you lose your tier one spot. Uh, should why why are the coaches being forced to get vaccinated more than the players? And to me, that's that's to me that's a weird situation because I know if I'm if I'm mistaken somewhere, and just how they um, dictated the rule set, like it's okay to have a non-vaccinated player around a vaccinated coach, but it's not okay to have it the other way around. And to me, like that just throws out total logic in regards if you're looking at, you know the safety of the league, you know, because at the end of the day, the coaches are part of the league. These are the guys that, you know, you know, help the players and, you know, make the game plans and do this, all the, you know, the little things to help these teams become, you know, you know, the, be as productive as they are. So to me, that just doesn't make sense that you would have that sort of discrimination in terms of the two types of, you know, technically employees that you're asking to be vaccinated. Um, I don't know, you know, down the line, like how that's going to, you know, affect teams if you have coaches that's going to be adamant about not getting the vaccine at all. But as I said, to me, I think there should be some sort of, you know, 
logical reasoning by behind you know any type of you know rule set that you're going to have to protect people from you know the you know contracting any sorts of variants or you know of covid yeah this is this just weird you know this situation is just so weird to me um i i I I just you know some contracts are so messed up like you know when the NFL NFLPA they talk about these contracts contracts and you know they try to get a deal done it just seems like the owners and Roger Goodell are winning <laughs> they still get what they want they say okay you know what we'll cut y'all fifty fifty but this is what's going to happen. You know, and it's and to me, it's just like it's just it's just sad because I know it's four different coaches. I don't know, we don't know the coaches' names, but from from the from the reports from Ian Rap reporting them, yeah. it just seems like it's just a sad situation. They just don't have no choice anymore. Like the players have the choice, so why the coaches can't can't have the choice? Mate, is it because of their age? You know, or like, is it the health concerns or what? What is it? Right. This, 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 this is just crazy. This, this is just crazy. I, I don't know what to say, but you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, hopefully we'll we'll figure out more information about that. Uh, maybe they'll they will get vaccinated, but I can't see them staying in the office. You know, calling calling the the head coach if it's an assistant coach talking about some tell tell them to run um to play action on the iform iform twins formation. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very weird. So hopefully it doesn't go down like that. But we'll but we'll see very soon. Um, yes. the 49ers, they lost uh two players. I know I know one of them um. I know one of them was an ACL injury. The other one was a Achilles injury. And the 49ers is just, they just losing players left and right. Um, <laughs> just yeah. like last season. Like, what is going on with the bad luck of injuries? Yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, maybe it, it's funny because it kind of reminds, I'm wondering if it's just, um, you know, maybe the coaching staff, you know, the, the fitness staff that they have over there because I said it honestly it kind of reminded me like um to me it was back with the Jets it just seemed like we always had some sort of you know multiple injuries going across you know our entire team when other teams might have like three or four the entire season you know but um in terms of the the, the actual individuals that got injured like um to me I don't think it's like very impactful for them because that one was a, they said it was a swing tackle guy, you know, that, you know, would have been maybe in some sort of rotational type situation or whatever. And the the safety that I entered, um, Tavares Moore, like he, he would probably have been a non-factor, you know, especially, you know, to me, you know, you know, in terms of the death chart, he was, you know, I think maybe like fourth, third or fourth on the death chart. And the fact that, you know, the 49ers brought in, um, you know, drafted three three um, defensive backs, two corners and a safety with, um, um, what's his name? Embry Thomas from Michigan. Um, yeah. 
Diamor Lenore from um, Oregon and Teilano um, Ofanga from USC, who um, was a very good safety that you know I was looking at when uh, you know before the draft and looking at some of his tape. Like he's a very good downhill type safety. So I said these guys got people in the secondary that they brought in that are rookies, you know, on top of the the veteran guys that they already had there. So I don't see the more thing as being you know, too detrimental to the to the team overall. Right. And the offensive lineman, uh Justin Schooley, um, yeah, they but they said they 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 did have, you know, they they was gonna have some type of uh part, I guess, in the depth in the depth chart. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, the injuries don't affect the affect the, the team as much. You know, look at last season with with Bosa, um Kittle. Garoppolo, like the injuries was crazy. I think well, how many players did they lose like the first few weeks? Like like five to eight of them? I think they lost three or four in the Jet game alone. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they kept saying about that, uh, what was it, the turf? Yeah. Because remember, Lawrence Cage and they <laughs> oh man, we was losing players too. Um, hopefully they fixed the turf because they said the turf was a major problem at, at the uh at, at the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just crazy. Um and the last topic, Geno Atkins, he's getting the physical done um with the with the Cowboys trainer. Then after that, there's teams that's interested in him. Um, what's the best option for Geno Atkins as in uh a team to go to? Um I'm not sure that's I can't really put my my finger on a team as I said right now um but at the end of the day the guy's you know the guy's 33 so he's definitely just going to be either a situational slash you know rotational type guy you know I know he had great productivity you know the four years before last where he was averaging I think almost like 10 sacks you know 10 sacks a um a season but then you know, that following season, it dropped off to four and a half, you know, and then I think, I, I think after that, he had, he didn't, uh, you know, he only played in eight games and, and started none of them. So to me, it's at this point, I don't see, I don't see him being any, anybody that's going to really, you know, bolster, any, bolster anyone's uh, defense at this point. You know, but uh, I could see him more of as a, you know, a, a veteran guy that, you know, you come in and just, you know, help with any of the, you know, maybe drafted rookies that you've gotten, you know, hope that he takes them under their wing and, you know, can you know, give them as much insight and in, in playing the position as possible. So, you know, like those, you know, the rookies can now, you know, come up and, and shine. Mm-hmm. Also, if, if if he wants to win, he can still go to a team like the Cardinals or the Packers. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't see I don't see too much of anything. You know, it's like it's like you know McClendon McClendon he he came to the Jets and you know helped out the young guys and then then he just got traded to the Bucks and he got a Super Bowl ring. You know, he got his, he got, he got his, his dream came true. And shout out to Joe Douglas for, for letting him get his, have, you know, get his dream come true, you know? 
because Joe Douglas really didn't have to do it, but he still did it. So, you know, shout out to Joe Douglas for doing that for him. Um, and at this at this point, for Gino, you know, you're 33. You just go to a team that wants to win the Super Bowl. And if you feel like you could get a little bit of money after that, then go for it for maybe a year or two. But, you know, when you hit that age of 33 and your numbers, you know, decline, it's it's about that time. <laughs> it's about that time. So we'll 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 see what happens. Um, but other than that, that's it for our, that's it for the episode. Uh, you know, as always, make sure you follow uh you follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast. Um, you can follow myself, uh, Davin NY the number two MD on Twitter. You can follow Kyle at Virgil Damas. We do this for y'all every week until next week. We're taking flight. Take flight.